You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with the same game, parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Yeah, guys, UFC 278 next Saturday coming up. Usman Edwards, the rematch. Can Usman do it again? We'll see. But yeah, all that stuff. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 234 of the big show of some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. That's how we're doing out there. Sunday. Hope you're easy like Sunday morning. Or I never... Well, it depends. When are you listening to this? Could be Monday on your commute. Because none of us won the lottery, so we got to back to the grind. Wherever you... Whatever day you happen to be listening to this. Wherever. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. As I always say, I know there's a million podcasts out there, so the fact that you chose to listen to the fourth line voice, I greatly appreciate it. So, um, hey guys, I got a really cool guest for you guys today. Um, Ice Wars two competitor, cruiserweight tournament competitor, Malcolm Humers, uh, was nice enough to sit down and, and rap with me for about forty five minutes, and uh, we talked about his junior career and uh, the path he took. That led to uh, Ice Wars. And uh, fun to talk to. It was weird. Actually, when I was in Edmonton, I never saw him. I never saw Malcolm. I never had a chance to talk to him in person, which was disappointing. Uh, hopefully, maybe somewhere down the line, Ice Wars 3, maybe we can we can get together and, you know, 
and uh, BS over some beers. But uh, but I got him to sit on his back deck uh, last yesterday, and uh, yeah, we talk. I yeah, it was about 45, 45 minutes or so. So uh, that will be coming at the uh, at the end of the show here. I'm not going to talk too long today. Um, a few things I want to throw out. I want to address something that was asked of me on social media, and then and then we'll get into the interview with Malcolm. But um, first thing, of course, I got to bring up. Right, we got to talk about the sponsors. I mean, hey, we got to got to keep the lights on, right? Um, you know, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Uh, Terry Ryan's also on the network, you know, Ted Hitchcock, Shorzy, you know, he's actually playing in the Masters Ball Hockey Championships um, out in Hamilton this weekend. And in fact, I believe he is in the final against the team from Saskatoon, because a guy that I work with, his son is actually playing against Terry Ryan today. So, you know, hey, hey Terry, I dig you, Terry, you know I love you, but uh, yeah, I, Team Sask, I got to cheer for Team Saskatchewan, of course. But uh, yeah, guys, and then of course... The Five for Fighting podcast, Alec Old Salem out there in North Kakalaki. Um, he has not retired, folks. I know some people wish he would, but or some people said, told him he should take two weeks off and quit. But <laughs> he will be back. In fact, I think he's actually recorded uh, with a guest either today, yesterday or today. Or he, he had something scheduled anyway. I don't know if it happened. I haven't talked to him. But uh, no, they're actually on the, in the midst of closing on a house. And they're doing through all, all that real estate nonsense and everything. And um, they just want to move into this house and get on with life. So everybody, anybody that's ever bought a house knows the paperwork and the banking and the nonsense that goes into all that. So he's looking to wrap that up here in a couple weeks and move into the house, get settled, and get rolling again and get on to a regular podcasting schedule. I know that is his goal, so he has not retired. But in the meantime... Well, first of all, check out his back. As much as I don't like to give him credit, he does have a tremendous back catalog. You know, I mean, Rob Ray, Frank Bialois, Jeremy Yablonski, Sean Pete, on and on. Mike DeGurse, Luke Phillips. Um, yeah, so definitely get out his back catalog a, a listen. Plus, if you're on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, everyone's on YouTube. Go to the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. He put up all the East Coast. He, he just got us started last season. He, he puts up all, he put up all the East Coast League fights. And, uh, there were some really good tilts last year in the East Coast League. I gotta give the kids credit, man. They came out banging. And, you know, Newber, Blatchman, Glotz, Collins, Gagnon, um, older body. I mean, some good tilts. And Alec has them up there. Travis Howe. And, uh, so subscribe to his channel. I'm trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers. It's pretty close. I think he's got eight something. So if you could do that. And while you're there, after, if you're on the YouTube rabbit hole, jump over to the fourth line voice. Jump over to my YouTube channel. I have over like 2,500 videos on there. All the leagues. NHL, OHL, WHL, LNAH. You know, whatever. Uh, just type in a little search engine. Everything's sorted. Boom. It'll come up. Subscribe to that channel as well. I would greatly appreciate that. And, uh, yeah. There's your YouTube recommendations for the day. Um, but yeah, guys, um, yeah, before, we, like I said, before we get into the interview with Malcolm, um, I want to briefly, I always like to throw out the enforcer signings over the summer as they happen. And unfortunately, you got to renege on one here. Um, and I feel bad for the UK fans and especially Nottingham Panther fans. Uh, it was announced that Matthew Gagnon and Garrett Hunt have signed with the team. Uh, Gagnon has, um, unfortunately, Hunt has, 
uh, canceled his contract and re-signed in the KHL. So, unfortunately, he will not be coming to the UK this year, which uh, which sucks because um, I wanted to see him in the UK just because I think the opportunity for him to fight more would be there. Plus, the coverage I have more. I see more UK coverage. Plus, with John and Paul and all those guys over there, it it would have been you know if anything happened, the videos would be up right away and everything. And um, so you know, selfishly, I wish he had gone to the UK. Feel bad for the Nottingham fans because they would have loved him. Um, but you got Gagnon still, who's a bad dude and uh, not to be messed with. So you, you still got that. You still got that dude there. But uh, yeah, Hunt's a whole level of crazy that would have been awesome to see at the UK. I would have just loved to have seen him go out there and drive the, the UK fans insane. And yeah, it would have been fun to see. But at the same time, um, hey, these guys got the shelf life is limited. You got to go where the money is. I mean, it's not like the NHL; these dudes making millions, right? Like. Minor leagues grind and, um, you know, dollars and cents. And uh, the KHL made sense, you know. So uh, so Garrett Hunt is not coming to the UK, unfortunately. But um, but other than that, it was brought up to me, and I wanted to, to sort of, um, you know, address this now before we get going. Pardon me for a sec. Yeah, we have a kind of have a storm warning happening here. Right now, I was, I'm sorry, I had to pause it. It's just, I kind of just looked out the window real quick. Thunderstorm warning. So maybe I got to get the intro in before uh, before the power goes here. Um, no, the one thing I wanted to address, um, and it, again, it's happening today because obviously I had Melkmon, who was an ice horse. Um, somebody asked me basically, you know, um, like, so are you going to interview anybody else or do, are you just an ice horse show now? Which is sort of a flippant little remark. I mean... You know, come on, dude. It's like, if you're a hockey fight fan, what's happening in the summer other than Ice Wars? Seriously. Would you th- did you think I'm not going to talk about it? Um, and I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm a big fan of the event. And I'm going to promote it as much as I can. Because um, I believe in the event. And uh, and I, and at the same time, uh, I want to get competitors in the event on my show. So the people watching the tournament or the, the Ice Wars event later on will be, oh, that's... James Brooks or Dallas Auto or Travis Check, he was on Darren's show and he played in the Manitoba League or he's from Chicago or, you know, and they know some of these guys before the event starts. So, I mean, that's why I want to have these guys on. And like I said, I had AJ on. I thought it was a really good interview. I thought it was a really different interview. Not only did, obviously, we got to talk about Ice Wars, but, um, you know, and some Danbury stuff. But, you know, we talked boxing, Jake Paul and all that stuff. And I just thought it was stuff that he hadn't really been asked before. And, um, you know, so I was really, really happy with that interview. It got really great feed. Actually, all the Ice Wars interviews have all got really positive feedback. And, um, so, I, I mean, from my point of view, I mean, it, it's, the listens are there. It, it hasn't like, it's not like listenership has just fallen off the cliff after when I have Ice War, when I mention Ice Wars. So, um, you know, and again, I get that the event isn't for everybody. I understand that. That's fine. Um, you know, at the end of the day, don't listen. I mean, you know, if it ice worth bugs you that much, uh, you can always come back next week and, you know, well, I'll have something else on. Um, you know, so don't, going forward, I mean, in the middle of September, I'm not going to be yelling about ice. I'm not going to be doing a review of Ice Wars 2 or anything. Like, I already did that. You know, um, I might talk to a guy that was on the event, a competitor, and have them on and have them share their story. I'm always going to do that. Or if they're doing something that they that they want to promote, I'll mention it. And like I know Justice Smoke has been selling merchandise online. I, I'll mention that on social media. I pump it up, and 
um, going forward, if other guys are going to sell stuff, yeah, I'm going to promote it. I mean, you know, get the word out there on the, for these guys. Um, you know, that's what my plat. I've, it always comes back to that was the point of my platform, the fourth line voice. Well, I'm, I'm giving the voice to the fourth line guys. In this case, the Ice Wars guys. I mean, that's always been the goal. That's always been the point of my show. That's been always been the point of my social media. Um, if this show or and my social media isn't about me, it's never been about me. Um, no, it's always been about the guys and the players and getting and sharing their stories. And uh, and Ice Wars, the it's the biggest hockey event going, fight event going. Um, the only hockey fight, I mean, with fighting few and far between in hockey these days, we get a fight tournament happening every couple months and people complain about it. Fight fans are like, I get the hockey news whining and crying about it and Ken Campbell and all the nerds. I get that. But these guys, fight fans are crying about it. Like, really? Like, come on. Like, what, what do you want? Like, I, I don't get it, but whatever. It's like. And some, like I said, some of them are under this delusion that this makes hockey look bad. Or Bob Probert be rolling over in his grave. It's like, really? Like, how? Like, are you you take it that serious? Like, really? Like, dudes fighting with MMA gloves on in a casino on synthetic ice, and you somehow think that's a slight to Nikki Fatio? Come on, dude, stop taking your shit so seriously. Dial it down. No, Ice Wars is what it is. It's you know, it's a, it's kind of an underground fight clubish early UFC vibe to it. Little hillbilly, a little monster truckish. I dig it. I know a lot of people dig it, and I'm always going to support the event. And uh, when Ice Wars three comes, I'll be promoting it, and the participants that are going to be in it, I'll try to get them on the show to share their stories. And I'm always going to do it. So. You know, hey, if you're a regular listener to the show, again, I appreciate it. If you're not into Ice Wars, hey, maybe skip, you can skip those episodes and come back later. I'll, I'll always be back, man. Like fungus on a shower curtain. You can scrub and scrub. I'll always come back. No, I'm like the bad penny, man. I'll show up. I'll be there next week for you with, you know, something un-Ice Wars related that you can enjoy. And we'll get back to the list and yelling about... Chara and if George LaRock's a top five guy and blah 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 and Probert versus Brown and all that stuff. That's all still gonna happen, folks. We're all still gonna have that debate. In fact, in my episode coming up here, um, I'm going to the lake next weekend, so I'm gonna have to record another episode early to schedule it and blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm already gonna talk about Joey Koser versus Rob Ray, power versus power and, and uh, cause that was a big, we had a heated debate about that in the fight group the other day. So yeah, well, I'll still always be talking about that stuff. Don't worry about it. It's not always going to be Ice Wars, Ice Wars, Ice Wars. But at the same time, I'm going to always promote the event. I'm always going to promote the fighters. Um, and I'm always going to do a preview show, and I'm always going to do a review show. But really, I mean, I talked to AJ at Edmonton this past week. He wants to do about four or six, maybe four to six of these a year. So really, two shows a week. You know, all for 12 months a year. Um, I don't think there'll be that much Ice Wars content that you're going to have to wade through. Don't worry. <laughs> so, I just wanted to address that. Like I said, I, I had a couple couple listeners ask me, and one of them was a long-term listener, and, um, and I wanted to address that. So, no, don't worry. We'll be back to regular scheduling, scheduled programming here shortly. But, uh, but again, I will always promote the guys and the event. So, there, we'll have a, we'll have a happy, uh, you know, we'll meet in the middle. How's that? 
But um, I do want to say, uh, before we get going, I know a lot of people listening are probably, you know, Malcolm's friends or family or what have you. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, you're tuning in to hear, obviously hear him. Um, hopefully I can hook you guys. I mean, I know a lot of people will be one-offs. They just, they're here to support Malcolm and that's cool. I get it. But uh, hey, if some of you guys out there, if you could throw the, the fourth line voice into your, into your podcasting listening schedule, that'd be really cool. I dig it, man. And, uh, like I said, um, episode 234, there's 233 episodes before this to check out. And, um, I'm really proud of some of the interviews. Or, well, all the interviews I've done. Morasti, McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, Dean Mayred. Um, you know, on and on. Um, I, I think they're Brad Wingfeld. I think they're, um, like I said, AJ Galante. I think it was a different interview. I, I try to not only get their stories out there and for player wise, their history and stuff, but, uh, you know, share some fun stories as well. So when you're done listening to the thing, you feel like you know the person, like, or at least know their career and what have you, if you went in not knowing, right? So, um, that's always been the goal. So, um, yeah, definitely give the back catalog, uh, browse through and, and hopefully you'll find a couple episodes that you, that you listen to and you dig. So, and going forward, I do two shows a week, Wednesday and Sunday. And, uh, in a perfect world, one of the shows would be an interview show. And then the other show is sort of whatever my ranting or I come up with different topics and, you know, on Facebook and the different fight groups, there's always topics I've talked about. And, um, usually I'll talk about two or three of those and we'll, you know, debate and go back and forth about things. And, uh, you know, just general enforcer-based, like I said, enforcer-based podcasting. We we talk about fights 24-7 here. So, yeah, we're not going to be discussing the Leafs power play in the next episode or anything like that. That won't happen on this show. Uh, so, yeah, it's an old-school fight theme, and uh, that's what we'll, that's what we do here. So, um, yeah, guys, other than that, um, hey, oh, by the way, if there's any Southern pro teams or any, anybody out there listening, hey, I, you know, Malcolm and I talk about it. Hey, why not give the kid a shot? I know everyone's looking for toughness because I, it doesn't grow on trees anymore. And, uh, hey, uh, like I said, in the Pacific Junior League, 34 games, he had 23 points, 155 minutes. Then three years in the SI Junior A in Ontario, 128 career games, 112 career points, and 243 PIMS. Not too bad. And of course, if anybody watched Ice Wars 2, his battle with Travis Check there in the, in the, uh, first round of the Cruiserweight tournament, Fortunately, he lost a pretty razor-thin decision in three rounds to uh, to Travis, which there was no shame in that. But, man, they beat the hell out of each other. Really great showing. And uh, I talked to a number of guys at the event, um, and, and some very well-known enforcers had uh, a lot of positive things to say about Malcolm afterwards. And uh, they really they, they loved his performance and thought he was great. And uh, definitely a fight-of-the-night contender. So... Um, I, hey, if I was a pro team man down in the Southern Pro League, I'd tell Malcolm, hook up, get down to Knoxville or something, one of them warm places so you don't have to plug the car in and scrape the windows for a winter. Why not give it a shot? Uh, I'd love to see that, man. But, uh, no, Malcolm was a lot of fun to talk to. I enjoyed having him on the show. And, uh, yeah, like I said, he's hanging out in his deck here yesterday and, and we talked for about, I, like I said, about 40 minutes or so. So, um, it was a lot of fun. And, um. Anyway, guys, how about I just shut up and we get into the interview? Um, yeah, like I said, uh, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Give my accounts a follow. I'm always putting up like pictures and fight videos and just talking general nonsense on there. I'd love for you to to uh, give it a follow. And uh, one last thing about Ice Wars. 
Um, I would encourage you to go back. Um, obviously, episode 233 was the Ice Wars 2 review show. Uh, myself, at the uh, Alec from Five for Fighting, and Jay down in Iowa there. My boy Jay uh, at UHL Legends on Facebook. Um, yeah, the three of us sat down and, and talked about the event and, you know, broke down each fight and our thoughts of it and just the event in, the event in general. And, uh, and it was great and it was really well received, uh, which I was really proud of. Um, the, we, I, I, on my end, the recording process was tough. We had three way call. We were dropping calls and the audio, blah, blah. I mean, the audio is fine when you listen to it and stuff, but from a recording standpoint, from a, from a host standpoint, it was a kind of a clunky show. Um, and, I, and at first I really was not happy with it. Um, but, and I never listened back to my shows, but this one I did the next day, I listened back to it and I, and it was good. Uh, um, I liked the content. Alec and Jay were really good. And, uh, yeah, so, um, I was happy with the way it turned out, but at the time I was like, oh God, what's going on here? Dropping calls and, and everything, but it worked out. We got it done. And like I said, really well received and, um, I had a number of comments from from uh, people that were involved in the event, um, from players to uh, announcers and, um, and 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 that and uh, and and they were they all loved it, said it was spot on, and uh, nobody has any really disagreement with anything that we said. And uh, like I said, so that when you get kind of confirmation, um, you know, from the organizers and like ex players and stuff, that's always a good feeling, and you always kind of. I always, I always say, if the ex players are telling you you're doing it right, I, uh, I'll take that as I'm on the right path. So, um, and I, and I had a number of, of them say, say, uh, as much with, uh, with the review show. So that was really cool. So definitely go back if you can and check out the, the review 233, the, uh, Ice Wars 2 official review show, I'll say. And, uh, I think you'll get a kick out of it. And, uh, but other than that, I will zip it now. Let's get into it. Um, here is my interview with Malcolm Humert, and uh, I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice, I have a special guest, uh, none other from Edmonton, Alberta, uh, Ice Force Two competitor, Malcolm Humert. Malcolm, how are you doing today? Awesome, man. Great day, sunshine, life's good, man. How you doing? Very good. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on the show and. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, we were kind of talking off air for a little while here, but uh, you know, we're, we'll get into your whole, you know, your your junior hockey career and everything else. But I mean, at the top of the show, uh, how you feeling after the weekend? Ice Wars two, Travis check. How you feeling? Good, man. Uh, like fuck, I think anyone that tuned in knew that was a war. So I mean, my face took a couple of days to uh, heal up, but I'm I'm looking pretty today. Looking myself in the mirror, looking good. Everything's mostly healed up. Uh, I mean, took a couple of days the dome to uh, to, to feel like it normally did, but I mean, we're good now, man. A couple of days out, feeling fresh to go again, man. Anytime. There you go. Everything's where it's supposed to be. Yeah, so that's good. Um, yeah, just uh, just overall, how was how was the Ice Force experience, and uh, you know how how was it the back? How was everybody? How did everybody treat you? All right. Awesome, man. Like, uh, I, I had no idea what the event was going to be like going into it. All I kind of knew is just, it was this new event uh, held by a pretty notable guy, obviously AJ there, right? So I knew who he was. So I knew it was going to be pretty top-notch. But, of course, like I said, I didn't know really what to expect. But every time I got there, every, every, everything that was coming, like, it just pretty much got better every, every day I was there kind of thing, right? Like, I didn't know what to expect getting there. As soon as I got there, I didn't even know I was getting a hotel because I was from Edmonton. 
hotel was there ready to go, uh, like food paid for, like everything was top notch, man. You get treated like, uh, like you are like a, a big name fighter. Right. So it was, it was, it was sweet, man. And I got there and the, the venue was huge. Right. Like it was, it, it was, it was like basically I was walking into a UFC stage, right. As far as, as far as I'm concerned. Right. It was awesome, man. No, that's excellent. Um, yeah, no, it, yeah, yeah. It's quite the show. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, the second one and, you know, everything, you know, from talking to AJ, right, everything is, uh, you know, you, you, there's hiccups at every event, and you kind of learn from them and grow, but, uh, yeah, you know, I was at both events, and, uh, yeah, I could just see the, you know, uh, ice, you know, it's just a little bigger the second time, and, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, like, like, you, like you said, like, the last or the last one was better than the one before, right? So, I mean, like, it seems like it's just getting better and better. Maybe the budget's getting a little bit bigger, too. So, you know, like, it's just going to get more, I guess, uh, I guess, um, just, I guess, I guess it's going to get better each time, right? The next one's going to be even better than the last kind of thing. So, it seems like it's really starting to take off, man. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, before we, uh, you know, I got a few more questions and stuff, and we'll kind of break down the fight with Travis Check at Ice Wars and all that stuff. But before we do that, well, let's learn a little bit about yourself and your hockey career, and uh, and where you came from, and how you how you got and ended up in Ice Wars too. Um, we're, well, wow, we got to start at the beginning. Where were you uh, born and raised, and where did you play your minor hockey? Uh, Edmonton, Alberta, man, all the way through. Uh, born and raised in Edmonton, minor hockey, White Mud West and CAC and whatnot. So I'm just born and raised in Edmonton all the way through and uh, was finally able to get uh, Ice Wars 2 going in my hometown. So pretty lucky for that, man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, kind of all, definitely Alberta themed. Um, yeah, in terms of, uh, in terms of your, your junior, like I said, you, you're, you were saying you're played, you know, the under 15, the other, the under 16 teams. Um, you know, kind of looking, you know, point, hey, putting up point a game, you're looking, you're cruising along, but, you know, the, the PIMS are always in three digits. Were you always an aggressive kid and, uh, enjoyed the physical side clearly? Yeah, man. Uh, my, my dad kind of same way, right? Growing up and, uh, just was a tougher guy, but also, pretty good at hockey right so i mean i was a skilled guy growing up i was always on the high highest level team kind of growing up right and uh and but with that i mean i just i had that tougher side to me right and i i, I just i liked that part of the game and i was instilled on me from my old man right so that was always part of the game and obviously that just carried on right through junior so yeah did you um like aside from hockey like i was asked the guys like did you did you get involved in any boxing or anything or MMA or anything like that? Yeah, man. Uh, like as far as training goes, when you're a kid, man, like boxing's got to be the best thing you can do, right? So my dad put me in, in boxing. Uh, I think from like ages, I think ten or eleven to like about fourteen, fifteen, and uh, so I boxed through there, and I, I enjoyed it, right? Like I I liked fighting, so I got pretty good at it. Competed for like about like half a year, kind of thing, and then. I, but the thing is about boxing and hockey is like the the, the the time for like the season and the prime boxing kind of time of the year are pretty much the exact same. So at that point, right, obviously I was just better at hockey. So I, I went the hockey path and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, but yeah, I did have boxing experience kind of growing up there. And obviously that just was just, uh, I used that in hockey right when I was able to, and I turned 16 in junior, right? Well, yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. So, you, like you said, you, you you turned sixteen, you start playing junior. Um, did uh, did you try out for any AJ teams? 
or because uh, I know you're yeah, first, man. Uh, yeah. So my, my my junior career started off a little bit weird. I I, I was uh, after Rem fifteen there. I went over to uh, White Court and uh, I played there for like all the way up until preseason was over. Kind of like right towards like they need to choose their sixteen year old right. Uh, they went with another guy over me, so I got sent back to Edmonton, uh, where I was like, I, I can't go back to minor hockey. I hated the fact that just guys were always be hacking, whacking on me, right, and I can't do anything about it. Uh, I was able to take my bucket off, right, and then when I was 16 at camps and start fighting and shit, so I just wanted to play junior B just so I could wear a visor and start throwing hands, right? Um, from there, I kind of broke my I broke my wrist. Uh, through that season, so I kind of just stopped playing and then rebroke it later on. So, like, that whole season, the rest of my season there when I was 16 was a wash. Um, but then the next one there when I was 16, 17, I moved over to BC just because hockey's just a little bit better out there. Um, just kind of tried my luck on there, and uh, I played junior B for a little bit there after my injury, and then I played a couple games in Coquitlam. But then after that, man, like, uh, I just it didn't really work out for me as far as the junior A team in, in DC. Right. So came back home. Uh, I, I didn't have too many teams asking for me or anything like that. Uh, but then Kurt Walton gave me a call there is with Dryden and just kind of gave me a position on the team. They were hosting the Dudley Hewitt cup that year. I was super excited to, to, to go, go to that, right. And be try to have a, have a shot at, at that opportunity. Right. And then I ended up playing there for three years. So it's kind of the whole story and rundown of how my, my junior career played out. Yeah, well, you know, to back up, and like you said, you, you so you go to, you're, you're in White Court in the Alberta League, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, like you said, here's the opportunity. You, you know, you lose the birdcage, you got the visor, you're popping lids and fighting in camp and everything. And so this is kind of your first, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure in midget and stuff, I mean, you know, everyone has their, you know, their locker box. They get, they're fighting with gloves and cages. And I mean, everyone has their scrapes, right? But I mean, this is the first kind of, you know, legitimate, we're going to have our helmets off and square off and all that stuff that junior hockey has. Um, how, how did you take to it? Was it, uh, did you, uh, did you find some success early? Or did you take a few beatings early? Like how did, uh, how was your, your foray into uh, junior hockey fighting? Uh, yeah, man, instantly. Like, I, as soon as I, I knew I was able to do it in these camps, and that was the room where you're allowed to take your bucket off and fight, but you got to take your, your helmet off and kind of, you know what I mean, get get after it in the yep. camps. And I was so excited, man. Like, I've been wanting to for so long, like, just watching hockey fights on YouTube growing up right now. Here's finally my opportunity. Um, I think my first fight was in camp. Like, I was 15 or 16, and I, the other guy was, like, 19 years old or something like that trying out. American kid just beat the wheels off him and just pretty much instantly from there like fell in love with it. I think every single time I was on the ice, whether it's for like, you know, you play those two or three games kind of during the camp and stuff, every time I stepped on the ice, I, I was looking for a partner to fight, man. Even preseason games, every time, every game found someone to fight. And I just, from there, man, like I, the second I got the opportunity to do it, I just, I stuck with him. I, I, every chance I could, could take at someone, I'd do it, right? Yeah, did, at any point, did uh, I always kind of like asking the guys this? Um, you know, I mean, every, obviously everyone loses, right, and takes takes a shit kicking. Um, how when you when you took your first beating, what was the what was the mindset? Did you want to get back on the bike right away and get back out there, or did you get a little gun shy at all, or how did the first loss um, happen for you? Uh, 
I don't think I had like a full full beating until about like 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 through camps. I don't think I did. And then junior B, I played my first one of my first games in junior B, like in in the cap J. Like it's a pretty fucking horrible league as far as skill goes, man. Uh, so like I was just just a, like a young kid just dancing around, right? So I think one game there's a guy on the year before he got like some stupid like 280 penalty minutes the year before, something like that. And uh, and I didn't have like the guy that was uh, Joey Burgett. He was a tougher guy on my team. He was on my line, just so kind of take care of me, right? As a young guy like that, I wouldn't get my ass beat. He wasn't there that game, and I was doing my thing, right? I was dancing around, and this guy, this fucking big, fucking big guy, right, musclehead, just chasing me around the whole game, and uh, and then he just kept whacking me, like just mirroring me, right? And then like I just had enough one time, and I just like this guy's gonna do this the whole time until I fight him. Drop the gloves. I think I punched him once. And then I think he wound back, and I remember, like, waking up in the dressing room. Like, just knocked cold out, man, Junior B. Like, woke up in the dressing room. I had no idea what just happened to me type thing, right? But just whatever, right? But, I, I mean, I, I was ready to go out there again. I think my team gave me credit there for going against this guy because they would never, right? So, I mean, like, I was just always ready to go. didn't really matter who it was. Even after my first beating, man, like, I could take him. And that is where you kind of, you, you know, I mean, you have to take a beating to learn. You can take a beating. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of just like what I always bring going into every fight there is that, like, I'm not going to be scared to get hit because I already know what it's going to fucking feel like, right? Yep. Well, and that's the thing. And I think just so some of the listeners out there understand, like, <clears throat> you get out in Alberta, man, and Saskatchewan or whatever, you get in some of these junior B leagues. There's some dudes, yeah. man, you like, I mean, you know, guys at that point, 18, 19, 20 years old, these guys got jobs and shit, you know, <laughs> like they're just, and they're out there to, you know, we're going to play some game. The third, it's one fight and you're out. So third period rolls around. We're going to get into one and then we're going to go drink some beers. And it's like, and you got guys that are right off the farm and, or, you know, they're friggin', you know, manual labor right off the construction site. And they're just here to fight and kick some ass. And it's like, and these leagues are loaded with those guys. I mean, as the years have gone on, things have changed a little bit. But there's still some dudes, like you yeah. said, floating around those leagues that, I mean, there's some killers in those leagues. Yeah, that's what it was like, man, my first year at Junior B2, for sure. It was like, I think the one guy on my line, not in there, his name was Loveson, Marcus Loveson or something. And, uh, and I was 16 years old. And then the guy that's on my line has, like, his wife and two-year-old kid in the stand, right? Yeah. And it's just like, that's my line. Right, like right from playing Brown 15, right? And that's the, the type of people that are in this league, right? Just basically men, right? And they all, I was the only guy under 16. So after every game, win or lose, like we're shotgunning beers in the shower and then we're going to Casey's. And, uh, and like the odd time, you know, like I, you know, they, they, they let me in for a couple of drinks when like the bar was closed. They would keep it open for like the team after games and stuff, right? So, I mean, like it was, it was different, man. Like, especially coming from just like a, a 15 year old league. Just right to that, it was it was a good adjustment. But I mean, as far as my junior career, like it kind of just it, it helped in the sense where it's just like yeah, I've already played against men, right? So who are who's these guys in the other team kind of situation, right? Well, yeah, and I mean that's the thing, right? And everybody listening out there, just everybody, just think what you were like at sixteen compared to what you were like at twenty. Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of maturity, <laughs> physical, size-wise, mentally, I mean, yeah. So to put you in that situation against 19, 20-year-olds, and like you said, dude, there's dudes that are, like, married or girlfriends with kids, and the year before, you're wearing full cages and getting a ride from mom in the minivan, right, to the games. <laughs> now you're playing against yeah. guys with kids <laughs> and stuff and trying to fight these guys. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you, yeah. you think what that's like, 
mentally what that would be like. It's, uh, yeah, to paint the picture for the listeners out there. Um, but yeah, like you said, then you, you head out to BC and, uh, you played in the, uh, in the Pacific Junior League out there. Um, you know, 34 games, 23 points, again, 155 minutes, you know, almost point a game in the playoffs. Um, just overall, what was your experience like in BC? How'd you like that league? Uh, I mean, it was cool, man. Like it was, it was definitely different. You know, like I only played like, I think I only played like 13 games the year before. So like that just taking like that much time off and like, you know, having like a wrist to heal, like a wrist is a really weird position of a bone to break and heal, right. To feel like it normal again, especially in hockey. Um, so, I mean, like it it was a good adjustment, but like as far as junior B goes to another in theory, junior B league again is night and day, man. Like, in BC, like their junior B league, like that, the Pacific Junior, there is, is more of a development league, right? So yep. it's kind of more like of like a another option instead of midget than it is in Alberta here. Um, so it was like more skilled guys, younger guys, and like as far as toughness goes, there was not a single fucking tough person in in that league in BC, right? Like just, just kind of how it goes. The more west you kind of head, is the more you kind of just pick up less of a, of a tough and transitions more into like of a skill league. Um, but that's what it was more like in, 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 in junior B there in BC, where I was just kind of use, able to use that year to develop and get back on track with my, my hockey career. Right. No, absolutely. Oh, and like you said, and then, uh, you know, Kirk gets a hold of you and you end up in Dryden in 2017, 2018, you're holding, hosting the Dudley. Um, uh, and of course you guys win the league and, and had a, had a really solid run, uh, you know, solid team again, yeah. you're a point of game guy. Um, what was the transition, uh, you know, and of course it's the superior, the SI, the superior international junior league, uh, junior A in Ontario, and that's in Ontario for the listeners out there. Um, what was the, the transition like from, uh, to go to the, uh, to the SI compared to, uh, the Pacific? Uh, yeah, man. Like, uh, it, like it's, it's still a little bit more of like, uh, I will still, I think it's definitely more of a jump, like of skill wise, obviously from junior B. Um, but just the fact that Kurt wanted me there and expressed his, uh, his, uh, like his, uh, I guess interest in my tougher side of the game to bring to the table there and drive. And I was excited to do again. Right. So he, he, he knew that about me. Uh, I was, I was there to kind of do that, but as well as put up numbers too. Right. So, I mean, like I, I was there obviously to, uh, to put up numbers. That was kind of my main focus until I kind of got a taste of what the team was like. Right. I had, I came there and there was guys that are six foot. To 220, 225 pounds, right? 6'3", 240 kind of deal, right? Like, tough guys on the team. And I kind of realized that, like, okay, like, as a, as a skilled guy, like, I'm going to be able to, to, to chuck them as much as I want to, right? Because we also have – that's not going to be my only job here on the team, right? So, I mean, like, it, it, it was nice, man. Like, I could, I could bring both aspects of my game to the table and, uh, and, and use them to uh, win a championship in Dryden kind of situation. So that's what I was, I was there to do, and that's kind of what I was there and I did, right? So. Yeah, like I said, you know, at that time, the, the SI was like a six-team league and stuff. And, uh, I mean, I was going to ask you, because you talk to the guys that, you know, from Junior A and the different junior leagues around, <clears throat> every, league's, yeah. every league's got that team in that town in the in the saskatchewan league it's when they make the trip to flimflon in the manitoba league yeah. it's when they make the trip to ocn i mean everyone's got that you know their boogeyman right when you're in dryden yeah, and you yeah. and you got to make that trip to thunder bay in that legendary arena what what's the trip to thunder bay like what were those games like 
Oh, man, like, every time, like, you knew there was going to be some sort of bullshit, right? Even bullshit thrown against you, man. Like, the commissioner, the league, the ref, everyone happens to be from Thunder Bay, right? Yeah, so, I yeah. mean, like, that was obviously, like, that was that, that was going to be the case every time. But at the same time, like, we knew who, who we were and what we had to do to beat that team, right? So, if we just came there and and bang body and kind of took whatever, what we were going to get and uh, and kill the penalties that we, again, we were going to inevitably have to kill, uh, we were going to beat that team, right? But every time is electric, man. Like they would, they would just they use it was a rivalry that I've never been a part of, right? As far as my junior career goes, so I mean it was fun, especially when someone hates you so bad and hates that you're going to win so bad and you just win every time, right? It's it's, it's exciting and it was fun. Yeah, and I and I would think as a player, I mean, yeah, you know, at the home rink and everything, it's all great and stuff. But I don't know, is is there anything better than being the villain? Is that like oh, nothing? Oh yeah, especially villain that always wins, right? Exactly. Like, like that's the worst, right? Because no matter what, you're just like they just it just grows, right? Like their rage grows every game you win, right? Yeah. So I said, growing up, forget Hulk Hogan. Everybody wants to be Roddy Piper, man. <laughs> everybody wants to be the yeah. bad. Everybody wants to be the bad guy. Everyone wants to be the bad guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you said, you played the three se- the the three years there in Dryden, and um, you know, unfortunately, the. Uh, the last season there was was cut short, obviously with COVID, and that's gonna and especially for for a guy like yourself in your last year, man, that that's a that's a kick in the nuts to have the season end like that. Yeah, and, yeah. it was, man. But at the same time, like you kind of gotta you gotta appreciate what you got, right? Like that's my first, I came there my first year. We won a championship. We were one game away to a team we already won to going to the like the RBC Cup there, I guess at the time, right? Yep. And then, uh, and then, so like, I, I got to experience all of that. Like, I got a, I, I was at a, like, in a town where you gotta get to feel like a rock star for three years, right? So, I mean, like, as far as what I got taken away from me compared to like maybe a guy that was in a like a year younger than me, like missing like a whole season, right? I mean, I, I appreciate what it was. I mean, I don't think that year, like, we were a pretty good team, but we weren't as dominant, and we're going to win for sure. Like, we were the, the year, my first year and whatnot. And uh, like I said, like, I, I appreciated what I got out of that town. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I was not like I was sour about it, but obviously I would have appreciated to have one last playoff run, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, well, and that's a very, you know, that's a great way of looking at it. And, yeah, and I should have actually led with this question, like, just in general. Just, uh, yeah, like you said, you were there for three years. And, of course, you know, with the, you know, you talk to junior kids and, you know, they get put with their billets and stuff and everything. You know, just just in terms of, because uh, I know there'll be people from Dryden listening to this. So what was your, you know, you're an Edmonton guy and now you're in Ontario. What was your takeaway from the town of Dryden and your billets? And, I mean, how did that all work out for you? Dude, uh, like, as far as, like, a, like a situation in Junior A with billets and, like, a, like a, a tight community, like, I, I think I got very lucky, man. Like, right off the bat, I got probably the best billets in the whole on the whole team right they're just like uh die hard like dryden fans since i think the team started uh like they weren't working their retired couple right and they just and they were awesome man they took great care of me uh like became obviously family man there was times i think even there where i just like i, I even spent a christmas or two there uh it, it was awesome man. i ended up getting to the point where i think she got me she got me a cat without even asking my parents that i, I still have to this day just for even the house because she knew i was going to be there for a while right <laughs> and then um and but yeah man even the whole town like i got really close with a bunch of people that were from there and that worked there and just were huge fans of not only just the team right but even myself right and 
when I was collecting sponsors for this last Ice Wars event, I think more people from like Dryden reached out than even people from here in Edmonton. So it just kind of goes to show like how, how diehard of fans people from that small town are, right? No, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I've, you know, talking to people, uh, you know, Kurt from there and stuff. And I know the, you know, the support the team and, uh, no, and I know, and that's cool, man. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I mean, every time I've had guys on and, uh, you know, they talk about their junior days and stuff and, you know, and, you know, with the billets and the, and the, how this, especially in, in Canada, right? With the small town. With the junior, it's one big major junior and all that stuff, but the junior A leagues, when it's the small towns, litter, you know, littered throughout the province and stuff, and I think it's just that closeness yeah. of the community. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's completely different than I think what people are used to. And it's, there's something, there's something definitely unique about the junior A experience for sure. Yeah, like even when you compare like a, like a junior A team like Calgary, right, where they have the Flames, they have the Hitmen, and then they have the two junior A teams, right? Like you'll have your fans that are fans of the junior A team, but like it's not like what it's like when it's their only sports team, right? Yeah. So like it is in Dryden where it's just like like that that's that's their team to cheer for. Like that's where they're from. Like they're gonna be no matter what, like how good the team's doing, bad the team's doing, like that's all they got, right, for a team to cheer for. So it is super tight, man. You get some serious fucking diehard fans that are from there, man, those types of towns. Yeah, absolutely, and it's like, yeah, and it's like that's what we're doing. That what we're doing tonight is we're going to go support the Ice Dogs or you know the Flimflon Bombers or the Melville Millionaires or Melfort Mustangs or whatever it is. I mean, that's their NHL, right? Yeah, the small town, and it's yeah, exactly. yeah. So no, and I mean, I think I was I was really uh, you know major junior and everything's cool, but I've always sort of kind of really uh, sort of taken to the whole junior A, the mindset, the mentality of the junior A uh, world. I was I was just think it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a cool experience. I mean, like a uh, lucky like lucky enough to experience that, right? Not a lot of kids and growing up get to, right, as much as many of them do want to, right? So I mean, count your blessings, man. Like it was it was an awesome three years and uh I love spending in Dryden. Oh, absolutely. And uh well so like you said, COVID of course, you know, kinda of shut it down at the end and you know, uh and every well and then well, pretty much the next year too. I mean did you have any plans for hockey after that? Like, uh, did you try out anywhere? Like, did you have any thoughts of, you know, maybe going, you know, try out in the Southern Pro League or anything like that? Did that cross your mind or was hockey done? Uh, I mean, like, for me, like, that last year, like, I think for anyone, you know, like, you've been somewhere for three years doing the same thing for three years, like, your third year is not going to be as exciting as your first year there. Like, yeah. that's just inevitable. Um, so, I mean, like, I, like the, I wouldn't say the love for the game was dying down, but, like, I was also getting excited to, to start life in the real world with my buddies back home, right, that are done school, finishing school kind of thing, and, and make some money and go travel around, because usually you're stuck, right, for all the, the whole the whole winter, right, when you're back for summer, like, you want to spend it back home with friends and family, right, so just kind of getting back to, to, to like I guess that adult life kind of thing was was exciting to me I never wanted to go to school never been a school guy I mean I've had awesome offers kind of through junior nearing the end of junior as well where I could have definitely gone to school somewhere cool but like just growing up that was not the path I wanted to go to I knew that if I were to do that then I would go there for one year hate it waste a bunch of money and then do exactly what I would have done the year before right and gone back home uh, so uh, school wasn't a thing. I mean, Southern Pro or, or Pro League, I, I would have loved to, to play for. But I mean, it was gonna morally be like if some 
something kind of came knocking on my door, then I, I would have kind of looked into it and possibly taken that as an opportunity. But like I said, I was just more excited about joining the real world, right? But I mean, don't don't get me wrong, man. Like I think it's like a like a tale as old as time that like you know you're you're done now playing for a couple of years. You start to miss the game and. And and who knows, you know, maybe uh, someone reaches out now, and uh, and uh, and uh, they're interested in a guy like me, and then maybe uh, I try to revive the career kind of thing, right? I mean, you know, you know what I mean, right? After those yeah. ten years, and you've done, you kind of you kick yourself in the ass like you missed the game, right? No, absolutely, no, for sure. And uh, but it's always one of those things. It's always when you talk to the guys once they're done playing or whatever. It's always it's and it's and it's funny because it always seems to be more so. They don't so much miss the game; they miss the boys, right? They miss the locker room. That's what yeah. they miss, right? And exactly. it's yeah, because it's a common goal. It's eighteen guys, and you've all, you know, at the end of the year, you're the only eighteen that went through it, right? No one else understands what you went through, and there's that bond, right? That that no one else understands. So, I mean, yeah, no, I completely understand what you're saying for sure. But hey, after your ice wars yeah, performance, I don't know. I'm like, hey, maybe there's some Southern Pro teams out there listening to this. Hey. You know? That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I've heard from anyone yet, but I mean, like I said, like I, I bring obviously, I you know, I kind of showed that that tougher side on Ice Wars that they can see now, and then you know, like I said, like I, I put up decent numbers, man. Like you know, you I, I maybe I, I I am a decent fourth liner or something like that on a team like that. Who knows? So I mean, like if the opportunity comes, I'll look into and definitely consider it now. But uh, just a matter of of uh, if anyone were to reach out, kind of thing, man. You know what I mean? Hey, Southern Pro League, man, I got to say for, you know, the money might not be great, but it'd be nice not to have to plug in the car and scrape it in the morning, you know, for a winter. It might, yeah, it might, might be, you know, might be nice to golf in December. That might be a little, little change for you. Yeah. I mean, that might yeah. be, all, that might be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely don't miss, miss the, uh, the, the three minute drive to, to the rink and ride man, close in the, Wake up at five in the morning and defrost your car for forty five minutes, then drive another forty five minutes to work, man. Oh well, yeah. Like I said, I'm here in Saskatoon. I, I have out, yeah. I work an outdoor job, so yeah. There's those those minus forty five days when you're sitting there in the car just wishing hateful shit on everything. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> you start questioning a whole a bunch of life choices at that point. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Okanagan seems so much more it seems so much better right about now. Yeah, maybe I should have taken that yeah. job in Penticton, but yeah, yeah, it, maybe not, not as important as I thought, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, so we wrap up our uh, our junior hockey days, and you know, like you said, you're working at Edmonton. You're, uh, you know, uh, the working schmo like the rest of us. But then uh, Ice Wars rolls around. How did did you? hear about it who approached you did you go out did you like how was it presented to you did you make the pitch or did somebody like uh, hey Malcolm you got to check this shit out you'd be good at this well man it kind of just was like you know like you you, you get it you know you grow up and you you you, hot, you fight in hockey you know you get in the box and you kind of fight and then you get to an age where you're you kind of you know you know that's not as interesting anymore as going out and fucking fighting everyone and whatnot and but you still want to still fucking punch someone in the face right and get punched in the face and get in that fight again man and, and then you joke around with your buddies and you know doing some mma or some whatever right and just kind of doing something like that but you know you don't really want to get into it. and then all of a sudden i'm scrolling through my instagram feed and i see just the perfect the best of both worlds man right we're like okay like 
fighting on hockey. And like that was like the day, the exact day after the first event. I didn't even know the first event happened. The next day after is where I saw all those viral videos kind of on my feed, right, getting shared by everyone. And I saw it, and I just instantly was like, "Yeah, I got, I got to be a part of this, man." And just DM'd uh, their Instagram page there, and then got in touch with AJ, and pretty much right from there is where I got started going with it. Like right as soon as I, I got word of it, man, I, I wanted to be a part of it. Well, yeah. So you reach out, and they, you know, you kind of give them your resume, your sales pitch, so to speak. Did you send them the fight video? Did you send them your fight video? And yeah, your- no, I, I, uh, I, I told them. I mean, like, like I'm not going to screenshot my my elite, right? But I just said, you know, you can Google Google me, right? You know, I'm not the not most common name, so I mean, like, all all my stuff comes up. You can find me pretty easily. Um, but from there, right, like, you can't find too many YouTube videos on me or something like that of me fighting. So I mean, like, I just sent him that video, and he was just like, yeah, 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 we gotta, we'll get you in here, man. Don't even worry. Yeah, so I did. That. I did have to send in a bit of a resume there. I got to get them Dryden fight DVDs. I got to get some Malcolm Humor fights on my YouTube channel. I got to get on that. I got to. I got to get a hold of Kurt and get those DVDs from. But uh, oh yeah, I'm archived somewhere. Yeah, I'll get them. I'll get them. But uh, well, okay. So you're like you're signed up, and AJ kind of presents the the cruiserweight uh, tournament to you. Was that something initially that you were like? You know, I want. Did you just want the single fight, or when you got presented the tournament fight, all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, I could, I could potentially be fighting three times. Did that, did that deter you at all, or were you like, yeah, let's do it? I kind of like, yeah, I didn't really know like I, what to expect. I knew there was a tournament for the heavyweight there, so I kind of didn't really know too much difference. Um, other than like, I just, I guess, like he kind of reached out and he kind of right away was like, kind of saying that we're going to have a cruiserweight tournament. So you know, putting two together from the last event. Uh, that, that they would have a cruiserweight division and then he but I was at this point like 218 and his cruiserweight was like 175 to 200 pounds so I was like fuck like you know what I mean like fighting heavyweights here and then he said and then he told me like I think the next day that I'll be up to 205 I was like okay that's a little bit more more approachable for me you know for like a month and a half notice right and then, uh, and then, so I, I was like, yeah, like he, he said, yeah, like I want to invite you into the tournament here. And I said, yeah, let's make it happen. And then right from there, I just got to, got to training and I kind of knew what it was going to be like getting into it, but like, I, I didn't know who I was fighting right until they would announce them on Instagram. So, all right. Uh, yeah. So, well, it finally gets announced that you're fighting, uh, Travis check, of course, who was in the first one, um, did you go back and, and, and watch his first fight? Did you do any scouting on him before the event? Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that he was going to be in this cruiserweight, uh, you know, until he was announced that he was going to be. I mean, I saw his last fight with Bo, and obviously I, I saw what he did that last one, right? But, I mean, like, as a shorter guy, uh, like, I, I wouldn't think that he would have been able to do the things that he did, right, in, the, in, the, in that fight as well. So, I mean... Uh, uh, I, I looked a little bit at him. I mean, I could I could watch some videos there online too, but I wasn't I I wasn't trying to do too much research on the guy, right? Because I just kind of the type of fighter he is that like do against him, right? Like you you you, you try to do technique kind of thing. Like he just goes, right? Just punch, 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 right? So I mean, I mean, I, I watched a little bit of video, but I wasn't getting myself too hung up on it. Basically, just with the mindset of like I'm going to do whatever I do because I know that it works, right? And uh, and see how it sizes up against them. Well, and the big uh, well, and the big uh, the thing of the event, of course, is um, the synthetic ice. Did you get a chance to train on any yeah. of that before the event? 
Uh, not training. I mean, they gave us like two days where it was set up kind of before the event to go out there and give it a try. But I mean, like even training on it, like I, I don't feel like it would have made too much of a difference, right? Like maybe with like if I were to, I would have gained some strength in my legs just by being on it. But like as far as like adjusting to it, there's no real like adjustment training you can really do, right? I mean, you could spend time on it; it might get easier, but like it's it's not the same as ice, no matter how you how you put it or how many hours you put into it, right? So, yeah did you did you think? Um, well, I'm you know, and I'm just asking the question. I'm not asking you to make excuse. It's not an excuse thing or anything like that. Do you? Because uh, you're and it's. I don't mean it to sound like this because your performance. You, you had a great fight with Czech and everything else, but do you think you would have yeah. done better had it been on ice? Yeah, absolutely, man. And, like, I've, I've tried with that with my old man a bunch, man. And, like, just that whole balance there and just being able to, like, hold your momentum and glide and keep moving with minimal effort, it just goes a long way, man. You know what I mean? And uh, and, and pushing someone off balance while you're on balance. Like, I'm used to bending my knees right down low in my fights and using my center of gravity kind of to knock the other guy off balance. But that's hard to do on the synthetic ice, especially when your opponent's smaller shorter than you for the first time right yeah well before i had you on the phone i mean obviously i was there live saw your fight i know the guys who i was sitting with were were loving it i think the whole crowd was loving it It was definitely like i said potential probably fight of the night um uh yeah and then right before i got you on the phone here i went back just to refresh watch the broadcast version of it um, all and of course you went to three. You know it's two one minute rounds, but of course you guys had the the icebreaker, the tiebreaker, the third round. Um, I, I know I talked to Travis on Sunday morning after the event. Unfortunately, he broke his hand, but it was. Uh, I was asking him, you know, uh, how he thought the look on his face when they announced the with the overtime. What was going through your head? Did you think like when they went to the decision? Did you think either way, or did you think for sure we're going a third round? Uh, I, I just kind of like, I, I dude, to be honest with you, like I thought if this guy was going to beat me, I would rather it now because I'm so fucking gassed than it'd be 30 seconds from now. Right. But at the same time, like I, I, I knew I needed that 30 seconds to, to win that fight. Right. So, I mean, like, uh, like I was, I was excited to hear, I kind of expected it just kind of like how I knew the crowd was reacting and I knew just kind of what the fight was obviously. Right. And that, like, even if it was kind of pushed towards one way, like, they would have wanted to have that, that third round regardless, right? Like, I think even the second round, I think Travis beat me, uh, you know, that second round where he was, he was enough maybe even to just give him the win there. But they gave, they gave us the third round and then we definitely didn't, uh, didn't, uh, wasn't shy about it, right? So, I mean, I was happy that it happened, but, uh, I don't know. It just—it was a fight that that, that could have gone either way, man. And uh, I wasn't going to be disappointed on on how how it was called, right? Yeah, no. I like I, I was saying, well, like I was telling you, I I was talking to Dean Mayrad on the phone yesterday, and I said I was going to have you on today, and and I was telling him that how what a tough fight. I wouldn't have wanted to be a judge. I wouldn't want to be in his shoes to judge that fight. He was just like, oh man, it was brutal, you know. And I mean, he felt bad, like he said, that could have gone either way. And, and it's funny, like I said, I watched that fight again just before I had you, like, minutes before I phoned you. And it was kind of like, you know, um, it definitely could have gone either way. And it was, even in that third round, you guys were landing some shots, but I would I, I, I think you were probably landing better ones. I don't know. And I think what happened was, is that shot at the end when he knocked your helmet off, I think 
the theater of that, I think the visual of that might have got him the win. I think that's my opinion, anyway. Yeah, but like you said, it's like you said, it's hard to be a judge and you can't rewatch it, right? Like you're going to yeah. focus on something, kind of slightly miss the focus on something else. Like you won't really be able to judge it perfectly until you rewatch it. Rewatching it, I think I won that round. But I mean, rewatching the entire fight, I think he like the first round was kind of even. He won the second round. Yeah, and then we went to the third round, and I think I probably won the third round. So, like I said, like if I rewatching the whole fight, I, I can't I can't be disappointed or or angry about any which way it was called, man. Right, and I can't be sour towards anyone how they called it. Like I, if I was in that position, man, like I don't know who I would have would have picked live, right? Oh, exactly. And well, like I said, yeah, exactly. I have the benefit of a slow mo replay and everything else when it's happening live at the moment. That's a tough call, right? And it was just, I think, the visual of the helmet coming off, everything else, maybe that's what did swayed it a little bit. But like you said, regardless, yeah. great fight. I mean, Travis put on a great show, too. I mean, you know, both of you, that, I mean, like I said, that was probably fight of the night. Just in general fighting them, um, was it kind of, I don't know what you expect. I don't know if that's the proper word, but I mean, did... It looks like he's got thunder in his hands. Does he, uh, were, were they pretty, sh- was, uh, were the shots pretty crisp? Oh, yeah, man, definitely. Like, 100%. Like, there's times where I probably could have gone down, but like I said, like, I think you just kind of have that, like, there's certain guys, and I think that's kind of what separates in Ice Wars, like, the guys that are the, like, the really good fighters to the guys that are kind of, middle of the pack lower end of it right is like that's like kind of that drive and, and ego to just win at all costs right like like there's times where that guy was punching me in the face where i easily probably wanted to go down but at the same time i couldn't so like the only thing to do is just keep punching and hopefully you connect and get get give yourself some time right and the same goes for him too man like there's definitely punches rewatching that where i think he definitely wanted to go down or could have gone down but again same kind of thing where he just didn't or couldn't right the ego gets in the way right well, it's, it's, it's the, the fighter in you, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's like, yeah, you just yeah. got wired different, right? It's just like, cause most people fight or flight, right? People flight, you know? So, yeah. yeah so if you're going to stay and fight, and yeah. And he's, like I said, when I talked to him Sunday, you know, in the, in the lobby there, you know, obviously the hand was the issue too, you know, busted up. But yeah, I mean, he said, you know, you, you got him. He said, you were tough, man. And I mean, he had nothing but respect too. So yeah, I mean, it was a great tilt and, um, you know, unfortunately someone's, Someone's got to be the winner and someone's got to be the loser. But, um, but overall looking back, I mean, overall looking back on it, um, I guess one of those knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would have worked on more? Uh, definitely conditioning in my legs, man. Uh, that goes a long way. I think, uh, just like even like normally, like I wouldn't think that that's the most thing I would want to work on, but re redoing it, man, like training to just be able to go around like, boxing training mma training right that type of thing like not necessarily you know like make you a better fighter because i mean you can do all the boxing mma training in the world as soon as you grab each other's jersey that all goes out the window right yeah uh, so i mean I, I, I but i would do that round training right like where schmidt's used to where he's he is a f- trained fighter and he's used to you know conserving conserving energy not necessarily power punching the whole fight kind of thing making sure it, like you can last the three rounds and uh and that cardio, but like I said, like I, I, I would if I were to redo it, man, definitely conditioning in my legs because that synthetic ice just burns them out really quick, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, overall, um, just w- what was your takeaway from Ice Wars two? And uh, if for the for the listeners out there that maybe didn't watch it or they're like, what Ice Wars and stuff? What uh, 
What's your takeaway from it, and, and how? Do, what do you see in the future for the event? Um, well, I think the thing that you can kind of compare from, like, you know, like that old Ice Wars there, like, they, they kind of tried that, like, a couple years before there. It's just, like, the, the professionalism of, of the event, right? Like, kind of keeping it towards more of, like, a like a fight venue, right, opposed to just, like, two goons duking it out in middle center ice, right? Um, so, I mean, that's that, that's what was, was the coolest part to me. I think that was a little bit different kind of just like but I, I hope it would be like that man like even watching UFC kind of growing up and like I think anyone watches something like that and you kind of get like uh you get the itch to like wonder what it would be like you know listening to your walkout song getting out there being like the center of attention and fighting in that situation right and that and it lived up to the expectations man like as far as that goes like that comes it was a dream come true right being being that guy right in an event like that it was awesome man and they uh they keep they keep uh making it better for us as the fighters and for the viewers each event that they put on, right? No, absolutely. And I know talking, uh, you know, I got, you know, talked to Barasti and Mayrad and AJ and everything after the event and we were all talking and I know you definitely, it was as your first, as the, as a newcomer to the event, um, you know, I'm not just blowing smoke, but you definitely left an impression and guys were fans after you were done. They were like, oh yeah, he's coming back. Are we going to see you back in the ice box for Ice Wars 3? No doubt, man, no doubt. And I think that was the best part about it, man. Like, I remember getting there, and, you know, like, the tougher guys who have, like, their own kind of longer resume, right? They're all buddies with each other, right? And as an outsider, you know, you're not – no one's talking to you, right? And, and there's, you know, you are, and no one really expects you to do anything. It's kind of why I didn't post any fight videos there until kind of, like, the day or before or two days before because I didn't really want anyone to know – what I knew, right? Like I, knew, I was confident myself going into it because I feel like if you're not, then like, then what are you doing there, right? And then having no nothing to lose, right? Because everyone expects you to get your ass whooped, and then you go in there and you, and you and that doesn't happen, right? The complete opposite, the fight of the night, right? And you got to turn some heads, and that that's me. Win or lose is a win in my books, right? And that's uh, that was probably one of the most exciting parts about doing doing what I did there in Ice Wars was just being able to finally just. You know, like, uh, just put your name out there, right? And show people kind of who you are, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, and like I said, I, I've, uh, you know, it, it, it was fun watching you fight and it'll, it'll be interesting, um, you know, uh, to watch your journey going forward. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to Ice Wars 3, uh, no matter where it is. Like we said, you know, there's rumors of Florida, maybe Montreal. Um, regardless, I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, who they, who they set you up with for the, for this next show. Yeah, no, I, I got, I told AJ there, like, yeah, cause there's like kind of stuff, like people want a rematch between me and check, like by all means, like make it happen. That'd be awesome. Right. It'd be great for TV. But like I told AJ, like just put whoever you want in front of me. But, like, it's got to be someone, man. Like, I don't want to go in there and fight a, a random guy that, you know, I'm going to beat just so that you can give me a win type of situation, right? Like, I want to fight the toughest guys that I can fight because I would rather put on that fight of the night every time and maybe win or lose a couple than be undefeated and, and, and fight some fluffs, right? So, I mean, like I said, like, next event, whoever AJ puts me up against, I want it to be probably the, like, the fight is the toughest guy he can put me up against, right? Yeah, like if it's if it's just going to be a single fight thing, would you uh, would would you kind of stay at the weight that you fought at for this one, or do, or would you put kind of more weight on, maybe a more natural weight? What would you fight? Would you fight heavier? 
No, um, I mean, like, I, I, for the past, I don't know, half a year, I've been about 210 plus, right? So I'm used to that. But, like, being 205, 200 pounds, that's usually what I'm used to anyways, right? Like, I'm at a healthier, at a, at a healthier state, like, when I was finishing junior and whatnot. So I like fighting it this way. It doesn't make too much of a difference. But, I mean, like, like if, when I have more time and, and I have, like, specialized more training now, you know, I get more opportunities after Ice Wars 2 to kind of get more specialized individual training and stuff, too. Uh, just get in better shape overall, right? And I'm going to probably shed a couple, but at the same time put on muscle that I didn't have before too, right? So I think by getting in better shape cardio-wise and building muscle mass, that I'll be able to kind of stay at this weight but just be in better overall shape, right? So I'd rather stay here at 205. I think that's kind of my magic number here going forward. Yeah. Well, like I said, man, it, uh, looking forward to seeing what you can do in the events coming going forward and uh yeah, it uh, it's been great having you on. Like I said, we've uh, we've talked for quite a while, so I'm like I won't up, take up too much more of your time. But uh, yeah, when the next event's announced and uh, and you know it all shakes out, and we you know you see what's happening, and, you know who you're who you're taking on and stuff. I'd I'd love to have you come back on the show and uh, and and we'll break it down. Yeah, man, I'd love to. Like uh, we had a great conversation, man. I love talking to you. So I uh, appreciate you having me on here, man. And anytime you want me on here again, I'd, I'd love to do that as well, man. No worries. Absolutely, definitely. We'll definitely have you back on. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today. And uh, and uh, I'll I'll let you enjoy the deck and the sun there in Edmonton. But uh, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. No sweat, man. Thank you very much. And uh, you take care of yourself. You too. Thank you. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 